Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Our scripture today is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Thou shalt multiply the nation, thou shalt increase their gladness. They will be glad in thy presence, as with the gladness of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for thou shalt break the yoke of their burden, and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult, and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, for the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Today, in this new year, the world is facing great chaos and calamity. Much of the world is plunged into fear over the planned pandemic. The background of Isaiah chapter 9 is chapters 7 and 8, where the nations of Syria and Israel have come up and besieged Jerusalem to make war against her. At this time, the combined armies of Syria and Israel are only a three-day march from the walls of Jerusalem to defeat tiny Judah. Isaiah 7-2 says that when the news reached the palace, the heart of the king and the heart of his people shook as trees shake in the wind. God sent Isaiah the prophet to tell King Ahaz, Be calm. Have no fear and do not be faint-hearted. Don't act on your own, but trust in the Lord and he will defend you. 
The abiding principle here is that God gives to all who trust and hope in him the blessing of his protection. But King Ahaz had already prepared a plan in his own mind to seek help from Tiglath-Pileser, the king of Assyria. Therefore Isaiah says in verse 9, But if you will not believe, you surely shall not be established. King Ahaz was a weak, wicked, and unfaithful king. He did not trust in the God of Israel, but in the strength of his own plans. Instead of turning to God for help, he called on the gods of Syria. Instead of giving God the true worship he deserved, he set up an altar to the Assyrian god in the temple court. Therefore King Ahaz brought judgment upon himself and his people. Isaiah 8.10 says, Devise a plan and it will be thwarted. State a proposal, but it will not stand. Because Ahaz did not trust in the Lord, God punished Judah by bringing the mighty nation of Assyria to ravage the land and bring God's people into captivity. Ahaz did what so many people today do. They trust in their own reasoning and lean on the strength of their own plans rather than consulting God and his word. Because King Ahaz and his people were disobedient to the Lord, they experienced the great calamity of Isaiah 8:21 and 22. They will be hard-pressed and famished. They will look to the earth and behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be driven away into darkness. It is against this terrible background of distress, darkness, and gloom that we have the magnificent prophecy of Isaiah 9.1. But there will be no more gloom for those who are in anguish. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. By the time of the writing of chapter 9, the king of Assyria with his mighty army had devastated northern Galilee and was poised to crush Judah. In the midst of dire trouble and warnings of calamity comes a glorious vision of the coming Messiah, like a brilliant sunrise after the darkness of night. The nation is groping in the shadows of sin and gloom, but suddenly a great light of knowledge, purity, and joy shines out. This great light is our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah who came into the land of Zebulun and Naphtali to bring the light of the glory of the gospel. One commentator says, For sheer beauty and wealth of insight, this chapter deserves to be classed with the other great passages of the Bible, like Genesis 1 and John 1, which speak of the coming of light. Distress will be turned into unspeakable rejoicing when the oppressor is overthrown and the coming king inaugurates a reign of peace and blessing. During the reign of the Messiah, the land of Israel, instead of being destroyed and depopulated, will be thriving and full of people by the attractive power of the cross that draws many into the embrace of its joy. All the verbs in these verses are in what Hebrew calls prophetic perfects, 
which means that they are as sure to come true as if they had already happened. There will be a turning from darkness to light and from oppression and gloom to gladness and joy. Remember that this prophecy was given during a great national crisis. Judah was about to be overtaken by Assyria. We see a similar situation in Jeremiah 23.5. Behold, the days will come, says the Lord, that I will raise up a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice on the earth. This prophecy was given at the time of the destruction of Jerusalem and the deportation of those who went into exile. The people were angry with Jeremiah because he said things that they didn't want to hear. But devastation did come and the people were slaughtered wholesale. The darker the night, the brighter the light. The light of God is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He became incarnate for us, born of the Virgin Mary at Bethlehem to assume our nature and destroy the power of sin. If he had not been moved by a mighty love for a guilty race, he would not have taken our nature. But the infinite became an infant. God truly became man that he might go to the cross and die for the sins of the world. Listen, dear friend. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you. He promises to come into your life as light in the darkness. If you feel the world's darkness around you, open your heart and life to Jesus Christ the Lord. Respond to his call to love and obey him. He said that he has come to seek and save those who feel lost. God has come down from heaven to earth to heal the sickness in you caused by sin, to bring you light, gladness, and liberty. Will you open your heart to him? In verse 6, we discover the child king with four glorious names. We need to remember that in Hebrew, a name means the type of character that defines a person. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is actually the kind of person that the names say he is. The first is Wonderful Counselor. When the Lord Jesus came into Galilee, the crowds that followed him were filled with wonder and amazement. Luke 9.43 says, And they were all amazed and astonished at the greatness of God and marveled at what Jesus was doing. Jesus was filled with wisdom and understanding, a wonder of a counselor. He intended and accomplished great and miraculous things that no other man had ever done. He is a wise counselor, emphasizing that he was very effective in planning and formulating a plan of action. Jesus fully accomplished the greatest work ever attempted. He took upon himself our sinful nature and died to save the whole world, the greatest of all miracles. Jesus is the master teacher of all truth. He needs no instruction. All may have his direction and those who follow it will not walk in darkness. Do we lack wisdom? Let us ask wisdom from our wonderful counselor. Do we need counsel or guidance on any special matter? 
let us go to the Lord Jesus and ask his help. The Christ child's second name is Mighty God. This name is a direct prophecy conceiving of the Messiah as the earthly representative of God Almighty and as having God with and in him as no other man has. Jesus said in John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. You are listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson, bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. Let's continue our lesson. As the mighty God, Jesus can do the work of God. Anyone can formulate a great plan of action, but a plan is only as good as its execution. As mighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ has the capacity to carry out his plans because he has the omnipotence of God at his command. In John 4.34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And in John 17.4, Jesus said, I glorified thee on the earth having accomplished the work which thou hast given me to do. Jesus did not start what he was not able to complete. He fully obeyed his heavenly Father and completed all the work he was sent to do. The Hebrew word for mighty God is literally God hero, the strong one who brilliantly accomplished and completed to perfection the task God assigned him. The next name is Father of Eternity, or Father Forever. This name refers to the tender, fatherly care of a kind king. In days of old, a king was called the father of his people, meaning that he provided all the fatherly guidance, love, and protection to the subjects under his care. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ demonstrates the tender care of a loving king. He is our shepherd, leading us into green pastures and beside still waters of rest. He is our provider, giving us our daily bread. He is our comforter in times of anguish and our protector from the attacks of our enemies. Jesus is also the eternal Father God. He is the one who in his own being is eternal and therefore able to give eternal life to all who come to him. Death could not hold the Lord Jesus in the grave. He rose victoriously over death and ascended into heaven to blaze a trail that all who believe upon him may follow. Because he is eternal, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, an unchanging Lord who continually gives us his life as the source and foundation of our lives. The whole series of names culminates in the final name. Prince of Peace. The Lord Jesus Christ has finished his glorious work and gathered to himself a redeemed people, ruling over them as Prince. This name captures the very heart of Christ's life and mission. He came to bring peace with God, peace to our troubled souls, peace amidst calamity, the peace of reconciliation and friendship with God. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace, who broke down the barrier of the dividing wall, and he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Have you responded to the Savior's invitation of peace? The Lord Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Are you troubled and fearful? Come to Jesus and receive his gift of peace. The peace of Jesus is not like the peace of this world. It is a supernatural peace that is God's gift to all who believe upon him. We need to remember that the Hebrew word for peace means much more than a cessation of war. It means a condition of spiritual wholeness and well-being, something only the Prince of Peace can give. Jesus also brings a peace which will one day conquer war and bring harmony between all peoples. Through the centuries, there have been many voices calling for peace in our world. Jesus will one day bring the true peace that will quiet the hearts of all nations and lead them to justice and righteousness. That time has not yet come. Evil men still stir up wars and conflicts. There are great deceptions and disinformation to confuse and frighten. Good men must continually stand against these plans and resist evildoers. But one day the Prince of Peace will reign upon the earth. Verse 7 says, There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. Even now, the Prince of Peace shows his influence on the earth by the peace that he brings to all who love him.
Those who follow Christ are at peace with God, at peace with themselves, and at peace with one another. Wherever the gospel is preached and accepted, we see the transforming peace of God. The gospel of the kingdom of peace is now spreading across the world. Despite the presence of evil in the world, the ongoing march of history is literally his story. It is the inexorable progress of the kingdom of God throughout the earth. Never before in history has there been such an unprecedented harvest of people into the kingdom of God worldwide. There has been enormous progress of the gospel in Africa, Asia, and Latin America in contrast to the stagnation in North America, Europe, and the Pacific. The increase of believers among third world countries has been spectacular. In 1900, 9% of the third world were believers in Jesus Christ. Today, over 75% follow the Savior. In China, since 1975, over 100 million people have come to faith in Christ despite widespread persecution. In 1900, Kenya, East Africa had less than 2,000 Christians. Today, there are over 6 million in this nation alone. Zaire had only a handful of believers in 1900, and now 70% of the population confesses allegiance to Jesus. In the Philippines and Oceania, 85% of the population profess Christ, and in South Korea, the church is growing at over 10% of the population every year. Christians in Spain have grown from 3,000 in 1900 to over 97,000 today. Christian radio is making a huge impact for the gospel worldwide. There are over 2.7 billion radio receivers in the world, making the gospel able to be heard by a majority of the world's population. This is phenomenal. Dear friends, God's mighty arm is ruling. He is advancing his cause throughout the world despite the powers of darkness and evil. Now we need to remember that the kingdom that Jesus brings is not the kingdom of might and the triumph of force over enemies. It is the kingdom of righteousness which comes only through faith in the Messiah. The Lord Jesus rules over his people not as earthly rulers rule with might, but with righteousness. He is our righteousness before God. He not only lived a righteous life, he did righteousness. He accomplished righteousness for us on the cross. Jesus gave us the forgiveness of sins and peace with God. He brought us out of the darkness of sin into the light of salvation, truth, and holiness. That's why Christians proclaim the work of reconciliation accomplished. The forgiveness has been achieved for all mankind. Verse 7 says that all of this will be accomplished by the zeal of the Lord of hosts. It is God Almighty who brings about the reign of the Messiah. When the Lord returns to earth to establish his eternal kingdom, all will know that the great God of heaven and earth is the true and living God, and he has completed all his plans for mankind. Now let's summarize all that has gone before us in this wonderful chapter. 
Each of the names of the Christ child prophesied here teach several things. They show us the mysteriousness of Christ's nature as both God and man. God became incarnate. He took upon himself our flesh that he might assume our nature and heal it from the sickness of sin. They show us the wisdom of his teaching as wonderful counselor. Jesus has all wisdom and knowledge and leads us into all truth. They describe his power as mighty God to accomplish every aspect of our eternal salvation. They reveal his character as Prince of Peace, who not only gives us the gift of inner peace, but will one day establish an eternal reign of peace throughout the earth. Finally, these names of the Messiah call forth our trust, our adoration, our worship, and our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ as all-wise, all-powerful, all-sufficient, and almighty. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Think of it, listening friend. Someday we will all bow our knees to the Almighty Child with four names, to Jesus, King of all. Have you prepared your soul for that great day? Are you ready to stand before God to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior? Now is the time to accept and receive Jesus Christ. Now is the opportunity to repent from your sins and trust in Him. Come to Him today. Put your faith in His work of salvation for you. Believe upon His death on the cross for your sins. The door of eternity is slowly closing. Soon it will be too late to embrace Christ and believe upon Him. When the door shuts, the opportunity to repent and follow Christ is lost. Turn to Him today and ask Him to rule over your heart and soul. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen. You've been listening to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G A U D E T E ministries.org. This gospel outreach is entirely listener supported. Please help us proclaim the gospel on the radio to a needy world. 
you may donate online at our website. Your gift, large or small, is gratefully appreciated. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not faint.